Well, for a short time this afternoon, let us return to that portion of Scripture that we read earlier. The text I would like to isolate to you this afternoon is found in verse 13. Philippians chapter 4, verse 13, then, can be regarded as our text. We have the words of the Apostle Paul, I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. And seeking God's blessing, we want to meditate upon these words in context as we find it in this chapter here. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. And the title I want to give to the meditation this afternoon is The Secret of Contentment. The Secret of Contentment. Acts chapter 16 reveals to us how the church in Philippi was formed. The Apostle Paul answered what we call the Macedonian call, and he followed that call, and he went and began a church there in Philippi. Now that church in Philippi was the first in Europe to hear the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ being proclaimed by the Apostle Paul. So we can see that Philippi in Europe was the first place to hear the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul and his associates went on a, a church-building mission, and it wasn't easy. And by all accounts, he didn't stay long there. The founding members of the, of the church in Philippi, who were they? Well, there were Lydia, who was a businesswoman. There were a, it was a slave girl, who had been rescued from demon possession by Paul. And then there had been the Philippian jailer, who had been given instructions to bound Paul and Silas in prison because of what happened with the, the servant girl who had been freed from demon possession. And then we're also told in Philippians chapter 16 of another founding member, a lady called Lydia. Well, these were the founding members of the church, and Paul didn't stay long there because he had to leave them and go to Thessalonica. Now, anyone who knows anything about founding churches knows it's difficult. But here, friends, Paul wasn't long in Philippi, but when he left, he left a fledging congregation. And as you can read, by what we have just read in chapter 4, he loved them, and they loved him. And therefore, it was a good congregation. But here Paul was writing to them from prison. He was in Rome, and his future was very uncertain at this time. What would happen to him, he really did not know. And therefore, if anyone, if anyone had a reason to be discontented and to worry, it was the Apostle Paul. It was. Here he was, the Apostle. He was in prison. We, did, we read about it in chapter 4, too, that 
in this church in Philippi, the church that he loved, there were divisions. There were two ladies that had a problem. We don't know what the problem was. Eudius and Syntyche, they've got to get together. They've got to sort their problems out because if not, this division will carry on in the church and it will mar their witness. And therefore the apostle Paul might in some sense be anxious about that also. We didn't read it, but you might well be familiar in Philippians chapter one, he talks about divisions among the brethren in, the, in Rome where he was. Some wanted to preach the gospel. Some did it with contention. Some did it with love. There were divisions there in Rome also. This would be another thing that would enable uh, Paul to be somewhat discontented and worried. And no doubt there were other matters also in the apostle's mind. But friends, this letter here, this chapter that we're going to look at and the message we want to bring to your attention today would all remind us that despite all these problems that the apostle Paul faced, there was something about him that he was full of contentment. One commentator mentions, as he introduces this subject. Are you a thermometer or are you a thermostat? What do we mean by that? Well, what does a thermometer do? A thermometer simply gauges the temperature and as the temperature goes up or down, so the th therm thermometer, it goes up and down. It just simply reacts to circumstances. What does a thermostat do? Well, you set your thermostat to a, a certain level and it will keep the room at that level come what may. And the point he was driving at is some people are like the thermometer. Circumstances make them hot or cold. But the apostle Paul is like the thermostat. He was consistent regardless of the circumstances. He was joyful. He was happy. He was content whether he was in prison or whether he was preaching the gospel. Because ultimately, as we shall notice, he was submissive to the will of God. Now, many people Many people outside in the world today, they're happy when they've got all this world can give them. But when these things are taken from them, they're away down in the dumps. Well, that's not the way for the Christian. We are to be like the Apostle Paul. We are to be like the thermostat. We are to, be, to remain consistent. And as our circumstances will vary, they will go up and they will go down, yet the Christian is to learn the secret of contentment. For instance, look here, uh, verse 11, what do we read? Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. Could we not paraphrase that and simply say, I can accept all things? Is that not what he's saying there? I can accept all things. 
Our text, for instance, verse 13, I can do all things. Paul again, I can do all things regardless of my circumstances. Verse 18, what does it say? But I have all. He has all things. And therefore, he is a model of contentment. But I want to ask ourselves this question. How does he arrive at our text? How does he arrive that he can say this to the Philippians? I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. Well, I want to highlight one or two things that caused the Apostle Paul to be able to speak in such a triumphant manner. First then, he acknowledges the providence of God. Now, providence is, is a word that we quite often use, and it has come to my mind and my thinking, well, maybe we really don't explain what providence actually means. We can use words sometimes, and we must be careful, because some people may not understand what we say. So what does providence mean? Well, it comes from two Latin words. One is pro, which means before, and the other is video, which means to see. That's what providence means, to know before, to see before. And God is one who sees before and acts before a situation. He is ahead of every single one of us. He's ahead of us in all our lives. He's working, can we say, in a year's time, in a decade's time. He is far ahead of us. He anticipates our circumstances, and he's able to provide accordingly. Our catechism tells us this. <clears throat> what are God's works of providence? And the answer it gives God's works of providence are his most holy, wise, and powerful, preserving and governing all his creatures and all their actions. This is staggering. This is amazing. This is comforting for the people of God. No accidents with God, all according to his providence, all him acting before, seeing before what is happening and acting according. And as someone has said, it does not mean that God simply knows beforehand, which of course he does, but it doesn't simply mean that because providence involves much more. It is the working of God in advance to arrange circumstances and situations for the fulfilling of his purpose. There's one situation that instantly comes to our minds if we have any knowledge of the Bible at all. We could think of the life of Joseph, all the hardships he undertook, all that befell him in the will of God. Why? because ultimately he had to go to Egypt and he had to become the second ruler there and he had to provide because there was a great famine coming upon that part of the world and the very fact that God was using Joseph beforehand. 
The brethren thought they were getting rid of Joseph, but in actual fact, God was working in advance. And that's the way for God. That's the way that he does. That's what God does. And therefore, he recognizes this. In verse 10, for instance, But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly, that now, at the last, your care of me hath flourished again, wherein ye were also careful, but ye lacked opportunity. What's he talking about here? Well, what he's talking about here is, sometime in the past, when Paul left Philippi and to go to Thessalonica, the Philippians sent him a gift. They give him a gift, and he greatly appreciated it. But now, at this particular time, when he was in prison, Epaphroditus was sent again by the Philippians with another gift. And the Apostle Paul was glad to receive it because he needed it at that time. And therefore, he is, re he is rejoicing and relaxing in the providence of God. It came for him at just the right time. The Philippians were showing their love and their care and their concern for their former pastor, and they sent Epaphroditus with his gift, and Paul was willing to accept it and to receive it because he needed it. And therefore, he comes to this text here, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me because he has confidence in the providence of God, God providing for his every need just when he needs it. Now, friends, is this not true for us today? Has God changed? Is he still not the same eternal God? Is he still not upon the throne of the universe? Does he not order and direct all things? You'll have cares, you'll have concerns, and we're not simply talking here about temporal matters. Yes, we will all have temporal matters, but there'll be other things, things that are private, things that you alone know about. God is able to provide whatever is required. That's why we're to cast our burdens upon the Lord, and he shall sustain us. This new year, here we are, the first day of a new year. What's going to happen? Well, I can tell you, the minister cannot tell you what's going to happen. I don't know, but God does. And you're to have your faith and your hope and your confidence upon this God. Because he will not disappoint his people. He will not. Oh, it may well be that at the last minute it comes, whatever you're looking for, God's timing is perfect. He will not fail his people. We sang about it in Psalm 32. I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go. I will guide thee with mine eye. As we look at the world, as we look at our country, as we look at our home, as we look at our family, as we look at ourselves, we might well despair. But we're not to look to ourselves. We're to look to God. We're to rest upon him. We are to have our faith 
and our trust, rooted and grounded upon Jesus Christ. It's very interesting, friends, when people pray. The brother probably didn't realize it, but he prayed something that I'm going to quote today. John chapter 10, verse 4. Here the Lord Jesus Christ is talking about the great shepherd. And of course, he's talking about himself. He is the great shepherd. And what does he say in verse 4 of chapter 10? And when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them. That's our shepherd. That's the shepherd that saves. That's the shepherd that goes before his people. That's the shepherd who embraces all the trials, all the tribulations that come upon his people. He goes before them. That's the Savior you're urged to trust. And maybe you're urged to trust the Savior for the first time today. Maybe this is what you need. Here we are, a new year. What you really need is a new start, a new life. That's what you need. It's new faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And this is what we find in the gospel. When he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them. Friends, can you not face everything if you realize your shepherd is before you? Well, that's the way it is. This is the words of the Lord Jesus Christ himself. He cannot lie. He goes before his people. And the days will come, the troubles will come, the trials will come, but they will come with him in front of you. And therefore, can you not survive? Can you not go through them? Can you not benefit from them? Of course. Well, he had confidence in the providence of God. God's providence would not let him down. What else can we say? Well, his contentment is grounded on Christ. We're coming to our text now. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. Verse 12 might be worth looking at, or verse 11, for instance. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatever state I am therewith to be content. That word there, learned, means learned by experience. Friends, we are ones who would urge you to con consistently read the Word of God. Be familiar with God's Word. Learn from God's Word. But there are certain things that you cannot learn simply from reading, whether it be the Bible or whether it be good books. There are other things that you can only learn by experience. And the Apostle Paul has learned this by experience, that he's able to be content whether he abounds, whether he has plenty, or whether he is sparse and he has very little. That's what he says. I know, verse 12, both how to be abased, that is to be poor, to be poverty-stricken, and I know how to abound. That's when he knows he's got plenty, plenty of reserves. He doesn't need to worry. Everywhere and in all things, I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound 
and to suffer need. He's learned that by experience. He didn't learn this when he was first converted. Christianity, friends, and the Christian life is a life of experience. It's a life of growing. It's a life of learning. And there are certain things that we can only learn by experience. And his experience was deep. And his experience was varied. And because of that, he had learned these things. In one respect, and we'll... we'll elaborate slightly on it, but in one respect, when things are going well and you've got plenty, it's a relatively easy path, is it not? But when you're abased, what happens? When you're abased, when you're in dire straits, whether it be financial or something else, but when you're down, when you're abased, when you're feeling low, what do you do? You run to the Lord. But when you are ones who abound, when you have plenty, when there's no problems, then it can be very difficult because then you're inclined to forget the Lord. And then you're inclined to live without the Lord. You know that in your own experience, Christian. You know when the, the sun is shining in your Christian life, you're maybe not so diligent at the means of grace. Your own private devotions are not what they should be when everything's going well in your life. Why? Because you don't see your need of God as you once did when you were low and when you were abased. But the Apostle Paul was consistent. He knew how to handle being low, and he knew how to handle being full and having plenty. There are multitudes in this world today who long for to win the lottery. I hope there's none here who play the lottery. How many people have received a large amount of money suddenly by some kind of lottery. And they thought that once they received this two or three or four or five million or whatever it is, that their lives will be great and everything will be rosy from now on. And usually what they find is their lives have changed and their lives have been ruined because they cannot handle when their lives are bound with these things. The Apostle Paul knew. He knew poverty. He knew maybe when he had to walk barefoot. He knew maybe when his clothes were threadbare. He knew what it was to be hungry. And he also knew what it was to abound, to have everything. But in all of these circumstances, he was consistent. <coughs> and... He attributes everything to the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, I can do all things through Christ. He's not talking about being self-sufficient. No, that's what the Stoics of his day would say, to be self-sufficient. No, he is sufficient in Christ. 
And therefore, his contentment is rooted and grounded upon the Lord Jesus Christ. This is the power that works in him. This is the power that enables him that when he's abased, he's still contented. And when, he, when he's abounded with things, he's also contented because there's a power within him. And it's the power of the Lord Jesus Christ that enables him to be contented. What about yourself this afternoon? Can you honestly say you are contented? The large proportion of the, the population could not truly say that they are contented. We are living in a discontented age, yet we have more of the world's goods than we ever had before. Former generations would know nothing of the wealth that we have in our homes. Yet they were, by and large, we believe, far more contented than people of today. And this can be true of Christians also. Our contentment, friends, is to be found in Christ. You are complete in him, Paul tells the Colossians. You are to recognize your, your spiritual treasures that have been purchased for you and given to you by the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise be to God for the spiritual blessings that Christ has given to us. Paul would say in the opening verses of Ephesians chapter 1. And this is why he was content, because he was in Christ. And maybe this is why you are not content, because you're not in Christ. That's a sobering thought. But the Apostle Paul here was confident, I can do all things. I can handle good times and bad times. I can handle whatever comes my way, not because of my own strength, not because I rely on others, but because of Christ, which strengtheneth me. His hope is rooted and grounded in what Christ has done. And then thirdly and finally, he comes to this text because he has confidence and faith in the promises of God. We find this, do we not, in verse 19, for instance. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Now he said this, or he wrote this, after he had acknowledged that the Philippian church had provided him with another gift. And I want you to see the distinction here. The Philippian church had given him a gift initially, and now they had given him another gift. Now maybe the, the church themselves, by giving this gift to the Apostle Paul, might have impoverished themselves. 
they might well have given up things in order to give this gift to the Apostle Paul. But what Paul is saying to the church there, he's thanking them for their generosity and for their care and for their concern over him, but he is reminding them that as they supplied his one need, God will supply all of their needs. Do you see the contrast? Do you see the confidence? Do you see what the Apostle Paul is seeking to establish with them? You've been generous to me, and God will be generous to you. He will provide all your needs. You don't need to worry. This is a promise from God. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory. Now, when God gives, it is in, it is in keeping with his character according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. The Philippians, no doubt, they give sacrificially to the Apostle Paul because they loved him and they wanted to promote his work and to relieve his dire straits. But God, when he gives a gift, he gives it according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. There's a wonderful promise for us to take into this new year. We don't know what we shall face, but God will be faithful. He will keep his promises. We love to quote it, and it's very apt and it's very appropriate, for we know that all things work together for good to them who love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. All things. Are there any exclusions? All things work together for good. That's another promise that we can take with us. Our lives might be turned upside down this year. Who knows? But all things will work together for good to them who love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Now that promise is not for everyone. When we read the Bible, we must read it with discernment. That's a promise for the Christian. That's a promise for him or her who's in Christ. All things are working together for good, as it was for Joseph, as it was for Jacob. He didn't know it. His heart was broken for long, some 20 years or so. He was wondering about his son, where he was. He thought he was dead. Jo uh, Jacob said, all these things are against me. All these things are against me. But they were not. Now he was a believer. And these promises are for God's people. And only for God's people. And if you're not, then it's high time you were. It's high time you called upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You're under the sound of the gospel. In whatever way and manner the gospel has been proclaimed to you, and you are to embrace him. And what a start it would be for the new year to have new life in Christ, to be able to face whatever comes in the confidence 
that I can do all things through Christ which strengthened me. Because many things might come, and we might well be overwhelmed. And of course, things will come. There's no might about it. Things will come. Things that come to all of us. Sickness. Bereavements. Our own mortality. You will go the way of all the earth. You will be gathered to your fathers. You cannot escape these things. It's all part of being mortal. It's all part of being human. The Apostle Paul could face the ultimate enemy, death itself. How could he do this? Well, he could only do it because Christ went before him. Christ suffered and died. Christ sanctified the grave, came out of the grave, was risen. Friends, our Savior is alive. We don't follow someone who is, whose body is smoldering in the grave. No. Christianity is about life. It's about new life. And Christ has secured new life for his people. And yes, we will face death. We will face that experience. But Jesus Christ is the one who has abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. He has taken the sting out of death. I can do all things through Christ which strengthened me. He could face the grave. Persecution, grave, whatever, it doesn't matter. Poverty, sickness, I can do all things. He was content, and he knew the secret of contentment. And friends, because he knew it, he wanted others to know it as well. And surely this is our care, our concern today, that the confidence and the contentment that's evident in the Apostle Paul is to be ours also. And it can only be found in and through the Lord Jesus Christ.